Let's go on an adventure through multi-level marketing. Let's go on an adventure with Jess. Hey everyone, how's it going? Welcome back to Jess Unfiltered. I'm your host, Jess, obviously. So today's episode is about the Lula Rich docuseries on Amazon Prime. Now, I'm probably going to have to divide this into two parts just because there's quite a bit of information and I only have about half of it typed up. So part two will come hopefully shortly. But with that, let's go ahead and jump right in. So LuLaRoe. LuLaRoe is a multi-level marketing company based out of Corona, California, ironically, which is southeast-ish of Los Angeles. They were founded in 2012 by a woman named Deanne Brady and her husband, Mark. Prior to LuLaRoe, Deanne would host in-home parties where she would sell girls' dresses, and she claimed to bring home $40,000 in profits from these parties. Now, Deanne hosted these parties for about 20 years, but eventually she decided to start making maxi skirts and selling them. Deanne claims that she sold 20,000 maxi skirts in just five months. Now, what's interesting about this figure is that if Deanne were to physically make these skirts herself, there's just no physical way possible she could have done so. There's only 3,600 hours in five months, which is approximately 150 days, but if she were to actually make 20,000 skirts at 30 minutes a skirt, that's 10,000 hours. So yeah, there's there's no way Deanne could have made all these skirts. So either Deanne is a superhuman or she's not telling us the full story here. If she is being honest though, it's likely that she had help or she outsourced some of the work or she purchased the maxi skirts and she didn't actually make them herself. Either way, it's not physically or mathematically possible for Deanne to have manufactured and sold 20,000 skirts in just five months entirely on her own. Now, Deanne says that the demand for these skirts skyrocketed and thus LuLaRoe was born. She recruited her first consultant and incorporated the company in 2013, and it was named after three of Deanne's granddaughters, Lucy, Lola, and Monroe. So LuLaRoe. When LuLaRoe came about, people were getting out of the 2008 era recession and American housewives were really looking for a way to contribute to their family. And even if they weren't actively looking, LuLaRoe encouraged women that they needed to be. LuLaRoe offered women full-time money for part-time work. Remember kids, if it sounds too good to be true, it probably is. A lot of women were sold this idea that they could stay home and take care of the kids as they should because a woman has no place anywhere else. That's a joke. And I know you guys can't see my face or tell that I'm being sarcastic, but I am. Anyway, they could work their business without sacrificing being a present mother at LuLaRoe. Even to this day, post-documentary, their website reads, Creating Freedom Through Fashion. So as far as joining LuLaRoe goes, it was a bit bit different than some other MLMs that we know and love today. First of all, you had to apply to be a retailer. So you would go into a queue and after some period of time, LuLaRoe would call you and inform you that your application has been accepted. This queue could be up to like three months and it almost created this sense of artificial demand. It was like, oh my gosh, I have to, I have to wait to be a consultant. I hope they accept me. And once you get onboarded after you're accepted, you have to pay the joining fee, which nowadays is around $499 because anything over $500, the FTC calls a scam. So 
that makes LuLaRoe not a scam. LuLaRoe originally though, uh, you, you had to pay around $2,000 to $9,000 to onboard for all of your inventory and everything. And this startup fee is just very high compared to a lot of other multi-level marketing companies such as like Arbon, whose startup fee I believe is under $100, I think it's around 50. So once you get to the end of the queue and you pay several thousand dollars, you can pick some of the items that you want. So you can pick the style that you want and I believe you can pick the size, but you can't choose the pattern. So LuLaRoe sells like dresses, leggings, etc., And you can say, I want this style dress in a small, this style legging in a large, but you cannot choose what kind of pattern goes on the actual legging or dress, etc. So if you wind up with an ugly print or a misprint, you're kind of stuck. So you may wonder, how on earth do distributors make money? Well, once their startup kit ships to them and they get all of these lovely, beautiful clothes with who knows what kind of print on them, you sell the clothes at a markup and that profit margin is yours. Now, what makes LuLaRoe different from a lot of other MLMs that we know and love today is that you have to buy all of this inventory up front, so similar to paparazzi, but Arbon, Pampered Chef, MLMs like that don't require you to buy all of this inventory up front, which is why a lot of Arbon, Pampered Chef, etc. Huns love to point that out, that your startup fees are a lot lower, it's a much lower risk, because they're comparing it to companies like LuLaRoe, where you have to pay these crazy startup fees and buy all of this inventory up front. Now, LuLaRoe wouldn't be so bad if it was just a direct sales company. I mean, it still has its issues apart from being a multi-level marketing company, but if it were just a direct sales company where you could sign up to sell their clothes and it wasn't about recruitment, it really wouldn't be as big of a deal. But with LuLaRoe, you earn commissions from your downline. So if your downline, now this this has changed over the years. I believe originally, you earned money from your downline when they purchased inventory for themselves. So it didn't matter if your downline sold a million clothes or sold a hundred clothes. It doesn't matter what your downline sells. It's what they buy for themselves. Now this makes LuLaRoe dangerously close, if not identical to a pyramid scheme. So the Federal Trade Commission was all over this and eventually LuLaRoe did change their commission structure to where you got paid when your downline made sales. Because before, you didn't really care if your downline was selling stuff, right? As long as they were buying stuff for themselves, they were buying into the pyramid, they were giving their own money, that would get you checks. So we can see the pyramid scheme going on here. Now, it doesn't th- this change in how you make commissions doesn't really mean that it's automatically ethical. Most MLMs run this way nowadays where you get paid from your downline sales and not from their personal inventory. But anyway, in LuLaRoe, just like all MLMs, if you don't recruit, you can't move up. And if you're at the bottom, chances are you're really not making much money and only the people at the tippy tippy top will ever win. So it's less about trying hard and it's more about luck. So if you have a high follower count or you get into the MLM early, yeah, you might do okay, but it's off the backs of the other 99 people or 99% of people failing. So as far as LuLaRoe products go, they sell skirts, dresses, kimonos, cover-ups, tops, bottoms, leggings, and jackets. Now, LuLaRoe 
has these infamous, unfortunate patterns. And I'm going to post some photos on my Instagram. Please don't go look at them if you're driving. Wait till you get home. My Instagram is at justunfilteredpod. So go check it out. It's, they're really funny. <laughs> They've got this leaning tower of Pisa that, that doesn't, it just, it is in the wrong spot. They've got this hamburger that's also in the wrong spot. Like it, yeah, I'm not going to go into like detail explaining what these patterns are, but if you go to my Instagram, I'll post some photos there. So apart from just getting these horrendous patterns <laughs> that are just not, that, that, that don't look good, LuLaRoe has also been accused of stealing patterns. And unfortunately, the documentary didn't really address this as much as I would have liked them to, but they still did a fantastic job nonetheless. Now, LuLaRoe was apparently forcing designers to come up with unique patterns constantly. So Mark and Deanne were putting an immense amount of pressure to pump out hundreds of patterns daily. Every day, they wanted 100 to 200 new patterns that would ultimately go on their clothing. Now, there were only like three to five people in the art department, so it wasn't a very large art department, and each person had to personally make around 80 to 150 designs every day. So what I assume was going on is out of these 80 to 150 designs per person, they down-selected to 100 to 200 final designs that would ultimately go on the clothing. Now, I'll get into fault here in a moment, but LuLaRoe designers would take an artist's work, alter it a bit, and then put it on clothing. There were times that you could literally see the original print's watermark. Like, the original designer whom it was stolen from, their watermark was on LuLaRoe garments. Now, I don't want to... I don't want to blame the entire, like this entire situation on the designers alone. In a statement from lularofail.com, it says that the designers were encouraged and told to get art online, modify it slightly, and then use it. One of the directors at LuLaRoe supposedly was telling these artists to steal and modify existing artwork in order to accomplish the ridiculous goals set forth by LuLaRoe. Now, lots of major fashion companies are known to steal other artists' work and knock it off, but in the case of LuLaRoe, it was so blatantly obvious with the watermarking and everything. Now, there were other designers that LuLaRoe was accused of stealing from that didn't have watermarks, but they were still super close to the original artist's design. Now, as far as the patterns go, and this is part of the reason that you can't choose your pattern, but you can choose the item, LuLaRoe only makes 1,000 pieces per pattern. So this creates high demand for certain patterns and trying to find a unicorn pattern is referred to as unicorn hunting. So a unicorn pattern is that pattern that you really love. Let's say it's like flamingos or something. Because they only make a thousand pieces with that design, I mean, they're overworking the designers, first of all, because they're having to just constantly push out new designs to keep up with this limit of only making a thousand items per design. But second of all, a lot of people who sell LuLaRoe or who are, are really into LuLaRoe, they have that unicorn pattern that they just really love. And so when they find that pattern or they go out and try to find that pattern, it's called unicorn hunting. Now, thanks to Savvy Wright's books, I found out that unicorn hunting actually has an alternative meaning. It is when a heterosexual couple searches for a bisexual woman 
to be the third in a three-person relationship. So basically, if you see an item you love, like a dress with a certain pattern or leggings with a special pattern, you feel pressured to buy it as soon as possible because you never know if you're going to see that pattern again. From a business standpoint, it's honestly pretty brilliant and there's nothing wrong with it inherently, but the issue is really with the business model and the way that the company is operating with stealing other artists' designs, putting too much pressure on the designers. Like, these designers don't even have a moment to just actually use their creative talents because they are they are just cogs in the machine, just pumping out things as fast as they can. So you're really not getting these quality designs that you want. Now back to the whole unicorn hunting thing. I know I kind of glossed over it, but it's just kind of funny. You have all of these housewives who really have no idea what unicorn hunting means in the real world, in the non-LuLaRoe world, and then they're just going around throwing that term out like just totally oblivious to what it actually means. So it's a little bit funny. So yeah, apart from the multi-level marketing structure at LuLaRoe, the whole stealing designs aspect isn't cool, and there's lots of other issues that this company has faced. Now, this is all I have typed up, and I actually have this episode that I'm like recording right now. I have it up on YouTube if you want to see screenshots of what Mark and Deanne look like. If you want to see screenshots of the leggings in real time, you guys can go watch that episode or go check out my Instagram. And like I said, I will post the photos of the leggings. But that is all I have for part one. In part two, I plan to talk more about the lawsuits and the legal issues relating to LuLaRoe and the Federal Trade Commission. I want to talk about some other controversies like the moldy, smelly leggings that LuLaRoe shipped out to people. They literally left leggings in the rain. And then when distributors would order them, they shipped them moldy leggings that smelled terrible. There was the LuLaRoe cruise, there's other workplace controversies, and I want to give an update in part two on where LuLaRoe is today, where they stand, and how they're doing. With that, thank you guys so much for listening. Go check out my YouTube, which is just Jess Unfiltered. My Instagram is at JustUnfilteredPod, and my Twitter is at Unfiltered underscore Jess. I try to respond to all messages on Instagram, so feel free to shoot me a DM if you have a cool story that you want to tell me about your experience with Blue the Row or with a multi-level marketing company. And yeah, if you just want to chat, hit me up. But thank you guys so much for listening. Bye!